Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you very much. You know, at the end of every year, I begin praying and looking to God for the year to come, asking God what our focus ought to be for the next year. That usually for me starts getting energised around about the end of October. I'm not looking for a theme. I'm not looking for a slogan. Just seeking God. If He said nothing, I'd say, well, we'll just go ahead. But most years I feel like the Lord drops a phrase into my heart and it's not just a thought, a random thing that I go off with. But over probably the next month or so, I begin thinking about it and then letting some of the team know so they can start preparing. And as I was doing that in 2021, leaning into 2022, I felt the Lord say to me that 2022 was going to be a year of grace and favour. Psalm 84 verse 11 this is from the Amplified Version, says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows present grace and favour and future glory, honour, splendour and heavenly bliss. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, the Message Version says it slightly differently. It says, all sunshine and sovereign is God, generous in gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. There are many of us that have journeyed with God over a, perhaps a long enough period where we have begun to realize that God often says surprising things in unusual times. So what it looks like is not the way God forms His opinion. God doesn't speak according to an opinion poll. He doesn't speak according to what the majority thinks. But God speaks truth and God speaks faith regardless of what it looks like. Most of us here would be aware of the story where Jesus stood in the middle of a storm, but He didn't talk about a storm. He spoke peace in the middle of a storm. When Jesus hung on a cross, being unjustly crucified, not for His own deeds, but for ours, when He got there, He never spoke about the evil of the people around about, but rather He spoke about forgiveness, even in that place of incredible pain and persecution. And so I know that when I declare to you Uh, extravagant grace and overwhelming favour is what I believe God is saying about this year that we are in right now. I know that some of us will immediately click back to whatever the news media or social media might be saying or perhaps our own circumstances. But I trust you'll get this embedded in your heart as we journey 2022 that God has bestowed already grace and favour on my life. He's already put grace and favour on us, no matter what comes. And that you and I live 
under a canopy of extravagant grace and overwhelming favour. Now, if when you hear this today, something inside of you pushes against it a little, that's not necessarily an evil thing. It's just that your humanity will jump back into your experience or will look back to the last voice that spoke the loudest and compare the two. And I believe that we need to allow the Word of God to live inside of us. You know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word he used there is the word rhema or an uttered word. In other words, it's not the words that are written on the page in ink or on your device or something like that. They're not the ones. It's the ones that become an uttered word inside of your life. It's the words where you say, God has spoken to me. This is the truth for my life. This is what I believe. And again, I remind you that they're available on YouTube or they're available on the podcast, which you can get, by the way, from either the app or the website. So let's just speak for a little bit this morning about God's extravagant grace. I'm going to speak about it again next week and then the week after. Hi, how are you again? Nice to see you forgot my drink. Well, just have one just because you remembered. You know what would be really nice? It was if there were a little bit of lemon juice in here. Is that possible at all? And can we do that? Now they're all going, God, have we got any lemon juice? Here, here take, yeah, you can have that. See if you can find me a slice of lemon or... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm not going to make you run it out of the shops. Where were we? Let's speak about it and then next week... I'm going to speak about extravagant grace again and about what I think is the key to that for your life and mine. I think it'll really uh, help many people here to grab it because I think a lot of us have been like waterproofed. You know, uh, I got a new pair of uh, boots that I didn't want to kind of soak up the water and uh, someone told me about this waterproofing spray you could get. And so I sprayed that over my boots, gave it two coats. And it's marvellous how the water then just runs off that. Some of us have had that from the world. So when it comes to grace, it's like it doesn't get into us. It just slips off. Then after that, we're going to start journeying through the rest on, on overwhelming favour, etc. from that point there. But here's the first thing I want us to understand about extravagant grace is that God's extravagant grace is more than enough. Forty-three and a half years ago, I proposed to Rhonda Weaver. She's the only person I've ever proposed marriage to, uh, the only person I've ever been engaged to. And so I, I think I knelt down uh, no, I didn't kneel down. Did I say something deeply romantic? No, I didn't. I'm not even going to get you up here to embarrass me today because I probably said something like, well, how about it? Because uh, what can I say? I've matured since then. I'm much more romantic. Much more, yeah, write poetry to a... Uh, no, but anyway, come back. Stop distracting me, Rhonda. Uh, so... I went out and I bought an engagement ring for Rhonda. She reminded me last night 
that I actually put my rent money down as the deposit on the ring. I didn't have any money, so I put my rent money down. I don't recommend other people do it. I just did that. And uh, God supplied, it all worked out well. And so I bought this beautiful engagement ring. Well, that was love and promise. I hadn't married her yet, but it was love for her and the promise, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Well, then several months later, we exchanged rings. Again, I gave her another one. Here's mine, still here. It's been resized maybe two or three times and been added to. But this here in the middle is my original wedding band from 43 years ago this Thursday. Thank you. You should be applauding Rhonda and God because it's only the grace of God and Rhonda's patience that I get to declare that. But we exchanged, I gave her a ring, a wedding ring. And if the engagement ring was love and promise, then the wedding ring was love and commitment. Two years after that, and Rhonda remembers because I haven't got a clue, but I remember that I gave her an eternity ring. That was something invented by the jewellery companies to sell more product. And uh, I bought her this. I'll never forget, we were living in a home in Brisbane and the, the bed that was our, our, our bed in our bedroom had been a gift from her great aunt. And if you kept sleeping on it, you'd never be able to have children. Uh, it was just not a, a, a great comfy wires and stuff. Let's just say it wasn't that good. And I remember on the morning of the wedding anniversary, I handed her this beautiful eternity ring. Well, she just melted into my arms, began to weep and say, what a man, what a man of God. No, she didn't do that. What she did was she burst into tears. She said, where did you get the money from? Uh, but anyway, that was another ring that represented love and generosity. The engagement ring, love and promise. The marriage ring, love and commitment. The eternity ring was love and generosity. But this week, as I'm telling you, we celebrate 43 years of marriage and I have lost count of the number of rings I've bought her in 43 years. Let's just say she's got more rings than she's got fingers to put them on. There's a lot. Now, I know all the husbands right now are saying, shut up, stop talking about it. Don't give my wife any ideas. Well, the pastor did that, you know, and he's working for the church. What should you be doing? Well, uh, that's all right. I've lost count of how many there are. I just know it's, as I say, a lot more than fingers that she's got. So I went from love and promise to love and commitment to love and generosity. I ended up at love and extravagance. She never asked for all those rings. She never did anything special to deserve them. I just wanted to give them to her because she happens to like jewellery. And I happen to love her and I want her to, to enjoy it. And so I bought them. I don't mind. She's given away several of them over the years to people for whatever reason. And whenever she said to me, do you mind if I give it away? I go, no, help yourself. It's yours. I didn't give it to you as an investment. You know, we're not 
you know, going to sell it off one day. It was extravagant love. And God's grace for your life and mine is not the engagement ring of a promise. His grace and one day this might happen. One day you'll die and go to heaven. One day Jesus will return. It's not even love and commitment. Well, I've saved you now. Shut up and do what I tell you. It's not that. It's not even love and generosity of the eternity ring. But God's great grace is the extravagant grace of how many things have you got? Too bad. I'll buy you plenty so you've got more than enough. Take a choice of what you want to wear. God's extravagant grace is displayed in stories like the feeding of the 5,000. Five loaves and two fish feed 5,000, but then it says they picked up the bits left over and there was 12 baskets full left over. It's not that God is a lousy accountant. It's not that God doesn't know how to prepare and that He over caters for every event. It's that God has extravagant grace toward our life. It's more than enough. Listen to me, never limit God to just the size of your problem, just the size of your need. God, if you'll just do this, I'll never ask you for anything again. Can you imagine if my children said to me, Dad, if you will just pass the butter, I'll never ask you for anything ever again. Dad, if you would just do this small thing, I'll never ask you for anything else. My children are all adults. I still love to give to my children. Now to their children as well. Why? Because there's something about the love of God that is unsatisfied with just enough. His extravagant grace is more than enough. Here's number two. His extravagant grace is unqualified. I love this. The Olympics are on right now, the Winter Olympics, Olympics, and people will be standing up there going for the gold and being the number one in the world. Listen to the Apostle Paul describe himself. It says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Not just enough, but His grace was more than enough with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I'm the gold medalist of sinners. I'm the chief. I'm world champion sinner. And he says, but there was enough grace. For me, that was the worst. For me, that had done the most harm. For me, that was the furthest from God. His grace is unqualified. So don't ever presume that somehow or other your life is so bad, your failures are so big, that somehow or other you, what your behaviour, that mistake, that thing you did, somehow or other disqualifies you from the grace of God. It's unqualified. Amen. Thank God for that. Thank God no matter who you are. We said it last week, He's come to save from the uttermost and to the uttermost those that come to God. It's unqualified. Here's number three. The third thing is that God's extravagant grace is lifelong. 
It's not like God does miracles when you're first a, a Christian in order to impress you. And then He kind of weans you off it. I always think about this a lot because so many Christians have got great uh, world-changing faith when they get saved and then they get normal after that. And I'm all for growing in wisdom, but I want to make sure I grow in wisdom and grow in faith. Amen. I want to make sure that my expectations of the great grace of God don't get less simply because I get older. Amen. God's extravagant grace is lifelong. Psalm 91 in the message version, I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. I don't know if it still happens now, but it used to be some restaurants, family kind of restaurants would have what they call a bottomless cup. You know, you could go back for refills all you liked. They would never say, you've had your turn. They'd never say, that's enough. They would always say, certainly, sir. And God's extravagant grace is lifelong. It's not going to stop because you get to pension age or because you get your own business, or because you graduate from university. Don't live a life that depends upon God while you're small, but when you get large, you depend on yourself. Amen? It's a lifelong. Amen? Every day of your life. I intend that the greatest testimonies of my life will not be the ones in my past, but they are the ones in my future. Come on, give me an amen this morning. That's what I'm believing for. I believe that one day when I'm about 118, I'm still going to be there going, oh God, do something mighty in this world in Jesus' name. That's if Jesus hasn't come back by then. If he has, then won't matter much, will it? But if he hasn't, then I want to have that. And, and I'm hoping that every one of you, no matter who you are or where you are, and no matter what your age is, there's something inside of you that goes all my life. I want grace to be demonstrated on my life now. We often have conversations telling people just this past week or two weeks, there's been so many evidences of the grace of God. Two of our family that were hospitalised uh, just recently. And yet again, the grace of God was there and answers came and, and the reports came back and were fantastic. Uh, things like that in the financial realm, unexpected blessings. Because you know, God's not looking at how much you got in the bank to see whether he'll bother to help you. God's not saying, well, they got so much in the bank, let them pay for it themselves. Amen. I don't go to my kids and go, well, you've got enough money to buy your own presents, haven't you? Can you imagine how well that would go down? Haven't you got a job? Pay for it yourself. Now, I've met some parents like that. Well, too bad. Let them stand on their own two feet. I'm going, I'm, I'm glad they're standing on their own two feet, but I'm going to help them all I can. Amen. Yeah, well, that was two people amen that. The, the rest of you are still wrestling with the thought of those kids... Just move on, Jeff. Don't, don't stop. It's lifelong. Here's number four. God's extravagant. Number four. Here's number four. God's extravagant grace is all encompassing. Psalm 103, verse 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Well, one day when I die, I'm going to go to be with Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
Yes. Amen. In between, oh God, life is a trial and so many problems, but I'll be true, Lord, to thee. I'll be true, Lord, to thee. And whatever cost I will count but loss, I'll be true, oh Lord, to thee. Yeah, I know. I told you I couldn't sing or dance very well, sir. I've just proven it to you. I knew a fellow once who, his wife said to him, after many years of marriage, do you love me? He said to her, I told you I loved you when I married you. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. I think it was a fairly chilly night, regardless of the outside temperature, after that. And yet some of us think that's the way God treats us. That somehow or other he says, well, look, aren't you happy with heaven? Look, after all I've done for you, I forgave your sin, didn't I? Shut up. Let's read on. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. And, underline the word and if you've got a paper Bible. And, and, and. Not or, and. He forgives all my sin or. No, he forgives all my sins and. Heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. His extravagant grace is for every area of your life. Come on, what are you facing right now that you're just wrestling with out of your own humanity and your own strength? that you really need to say, God, I'm going to bring this to your grace. His throne is not called everywhere the throne of judgment. That's in the book of Revelation. Before Revelation, it's called the throne of grace. Amen. There will come a day where God will judge the living and the dead, small and great. Everyone, it says, will stand before God. That's the throne of judgment. But you know, that throne of judgment's not now. If you come to the throne right now, it's not for judgment, it's for grace. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find help in time of need. Here's number five, last one. God's extravagant grace is activated by our faith and by our trust. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's interesting it doesn't say for by faith you've been saved through grace. Because if it said it like that, it would mean it starts with us. Ephesians 2 says it doesn't start with you, it starts with God. For by grace, it started with God. Have you been saved through faith? You come second. Your yes, your response to God, your openness, your opening your heart and allowing Jesus to come in. Yeah, that's, that's important. Without that, it won't happen. Because your faith and your trust activate the grace of God in your life. Think about it a minute. You get in your car, I don't know if there's any other people in the building like me, but you'll put into the maps in your phone the destination you want to go to and the voice, is it Siri? I don't know who it is in maps. But one of them will say, turn left. And I go, forget it. Do I get a witness? Does anybody else like me just goes, I know, I know a better way. Come on, how many people? Come, come be honest. How many of you here go, I know a better way? Huh? 
There's a lot of you here that are rebellious. Amen. There's a lot of you here that just won't do what you're told. And, and you, sometimes I've ended up going, forget it. I'm not listening to it. And I've ended up in the wrong place. And I've ended up lost. Why? Because I didn't trust what I was being told. Right now, trust is the most important thing in a Christian's life. If you haven't got trust right now, you are going to be in deep trouble. Trust God for the future. And if he says turn left, here's a word of advice. Turn left. Amen. Even if you go, what? What? How many people here talk to your maps and you can't? I do. I go, you've got to be joking. That's a stupid way to go. I have this and Rhonda will look at me like, you're talking to your car. I go, yeah, but that's because she's talking to me. It starts with God, not with you. Extravagant grace came first. But our trust and our faith in God is what allows that grace to be poured out in our life. I believe that this year, God wants to demonstrate himself in Metro Church. I believe he wants to show in your life and mine extravagant grace and overwhelming favour. I believe that's what he wants. It may not look like it from where you sit. Maybe things at home or in your business are, uh, are not going easy right now. I want to encourage you to lean in to the grace of God. What got you started is what will get you to the finish. It started with grace, then continue in grace in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for every single person that's a part of this, both right now and in the days to come, people that'll hear it via YouTube or via a podcast. God, I pray that for each one of us, there will be a, a, an awareness in our heart God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you for extravagant grace in my life. Lord, I'm going to trust you to do the supernatural. I'm going to trust you to make a way where there seems no way. I'm going to trust you to be the answer when all I have is questions. Thank you for your great grace in our life. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Listen to me a minute. and We're going to share communion together shortly. Team, please come. I read to you that verse in 1 Timothy chapter 1 where Paul says, I was the number one sinner. I was Olympic quality. If there was a competition for who was the biggest sinner, he said it was me. He actually just doesn't say it once. He actually says it quite a number of times. I was the chief of sinners. Thank you. And yet, if Christ could save him who was the chief of sinners... See, I have discussions like this with some people and pastors who think that what you need is you've got to go through, I don't know, some great long thing to change. And I go, no, you can be born again in a moment. You can come to Christ like that. You can, wherever you are right now, give your yes to Christ and that will be enough. Why? Because it's not how much you know. Rhonda reminded me last night about one of our transform team who came to Christ because please begin to serve if you would just take a cup and the bread and then hold it and we'll stand together short and we'll all eat and drink together
But Rhonda reminded me last night about one of the transformed leaders in Cambodia who found one page of the New Testament lying in a field. That was all she had. She never had the whole Bible. She never had a course. She never had a video. She had one page of the New Testament and she read it and she read it and she read it and she read it and then she turned up at one of the transformed centres, gave her life to Christ and her life was transformed just out of one page of the Bible. Can you give your yes to Jesus and see your life changed? Yes, you can. All your confusion, all the pressure in your mind, all the doubts, all the what ifs, all the all the stuff going on in there, will that disappear? Well, it will eventually. Because God will instantly bring a change in the inside of your life. 